namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa in the last few dharma talks we were discussing about noble truth of suffering dukkha sissa we approach from the the first buddhist summon turning of the wheel of dharma in there the buddhist said but is suffering all age decays sickness and disease is suffering death is suffering and also to be with the people of dislike the suffering and to be parted away from the people that you like the suffering and then he said not getting what one wishes is suffering and then finally he said the five aggregates of cling is suffering all together seven parts and we have discussed quite in detail about these things but on the last one the five aggregates of clinging i had explained them exactly what that means but we haven't expanded into the concept of suffering because to understand that i need to explain types of suffering or dukkha which we have done the first one is dukkha dukkha okay suffering suffering or obvious suffering such thing as sorrow lamentation grief pain and so on and second part is vibhinama dukkha which means suffering caused by change suffering due to change and the third one is sankara dukkha suffering of mental formation only when you understand these three types of suffering you will be able to understand why buddha said the five aggregates of clinging is suffering in this last one sankara dukkha okay 
suffering due to mental formation. So, what is mental formation? Mental formation is something or anything that is caused by other things. <clears throat> or you can say anything that arises is due to a whole set of conditions or causes. Simply put, cause and effect. Any effect, any result. does not arise without cause or conditions. That's it. So whatever is happening is due to a whole set of conditions and that's what it means by formation. Okay. So as we all know conditions are always changing and changing. So they are not permanent. They are not permanent because whenever conditions change, the result change. Whenever conditions change, the result change. The results are effect. Whenever the effects, the effects eventually become the cause or the condition, and then the next effect follow. That's how the link goes on and on, and there are so many permutation and variation and combination, it is endless. So in other words, everything is changing. It's in a state of flux. Everything is impermanent. In other words, everything has the beginning and the end. Everything has the beginning and the end. So, in a way, this Sankara Dukkha, suffering due to formations mean suffering due to the beginning and the end, suffering due to the arising and passing away, suffering due to impermanence. That is Sankara Dukkha. <coughs> As such, one must understand what Sankara Dukkha is. Anything that arises and passed away is dukkha, suffering. And that one is not easy to see, not easy to understand. The first two is, the first, especially the first one, dukkha, dukkha, obvious suffering, such as birth, decay and death, sorrow, lamentation, grief, pain, and so on. It's very obvious. You can understand that quite easily. Second one to changed is suffering. As we have already discussed it, at any moment, at any second, your happiness or peace will end and change into a different mode, which is not peaceful, which is not happy. That is also intellectually and even on a day-to-day -day basis quite easy to accept. The third one, okay, everything that arises and passes away is suffering. <clears throat> 
or impermanence is suffering is difficult to accept or comprehend because every material object and every mental object or material process or mental process or the body or the mind or the soul or the spirit they are fall under the mind and matter and everything arises and passed away those two falls under that arising and passing away so in other words everything in the universe both physical world as well as mental world arises and passes away so they are suffering so based on that point like sad angry unhappy sorrow lamentation grief disease sickness these are suffering what are these these are actually unpleasant sensation physical unpleasant sensation and mental unpleasant sensation and in here one need to understand this physical and mental sometime you will hear the word okay physical pain and then mental pain this pain or sensation okay this come from physical and mental which one is right but actually all sensations are mental all sensations are mental the difference is some of the sensation comes from the physical source and some of the sensations comes from the mental source so when you hear the word physical okay pain x h okay we just literally use physical but in a stricter sense all sensations all vedana are mental one should have a clear understanding about it even though we won't be repeating again and again physical source of physical pain but actually pain is mental so these kind of unpleasant sensations are dukkha okay yeah we agree in a obvious way we agree and all so these physical pain and mental pains are they arises and they pass away nothing is permanent and forever and now the difficult part is all these pleasant sensation okay happiness joy okay peace bliss anything and everything all the pleasure that we derive from the five sources 
eye, source, ear source, nose source, tongue source, body source, all the physical pleasure. We all define and group and put it as sukha, comfortable, pleasurable, nice to have, want to have. But the Buddha said that is dukkha and that is the part it's difficult for us to swallow. But if you look at it, these happiness and joys and all these sense pleasure, beautiful sights and sounds, everything, in reality what? They arise and pass away. They don't last forever. Arises and pass away. Impermanence. They arise and we don't want that to pass away. We really hold on. We really grab hold of it. We fight for it so that it won't disappear. That struggle itself is a suffering. So, under this definition, Sankara Dukkha, anything that arises and passing away is Dukkha or suffering. So, all the pleasure we like, all the bliss we like, all the senses we enjoy under the definition of arising and passing is dukkha. Now we begin to understand unpleasant sensations, unpleasant feelings are dukkha. And also all pleasant sensations and all pleasant feelings are also dukkha. They simply arise and passed away. You can't hold on to it. And so is the third kind of sensation, neutral sensation. You are not even aware of it. They also are constantly arising and passing away. So, this suffering due to formation, it covers the unpleasant, it covers the pleasant, it covers the neutral. It covers anything and everything. Covers especially the one we like, we love, and we define as pleasant, blissful, comfortable, one to have, one to live with. It covers that. That one is difficult. Okay, now according to definition, we can accept it. We understand intellectually. But on practical level, on experiential level, it is very difficult for us to accept that all the pleasure we chase, we follow, we work for is suffering. That is the real suffering Buddha is talking about, Sankara Dukkha. When he's talking, the noble truth of suffering, Dukkha Sissa. So for this one to understand, you can't intellectually understand. You can't intellectually accept. Intellectually, if you are a deep thinker, you might be able to accept it. But simply on an intellectual level, experiential level, you can't. And that is where this meditation comes in. Okay? Only with meditation you will see, especially the Pleasant feelings and sensation that we love so much are suffering. We practice and practice and practice. 
And even that, you have to practice with a very mindful state, with a guidance within the framework, other than you can shift into it. If you are totally into the jhanic meditation, you can miss that. Jhanic meditation plus intellectual understanding, you think you might be enlightened. But not so. Eventually, one must be mindful moment to moment to moment and practice in such a way that one is able to see every moment arises and pass away. What are the moments consist of? Moment consists of pleasant sensation, unpleasant sensation, and neutral sensation. That's it. And when you experientially experience it, not just one little stretch of five minutes, ten minutes, but you train yourself so that you can see it consistently and constantly. Only then one can say, Oh, I understand. Sinkara Dukkha. Suffering due to formation is really Dukkha. Okay. And we will use the word Dukkha because suffering is not enough. The meaning to cover the word Dukkha. We have explained that before. And in that way, the real, okay, the real change in the way you see the point of view, samadhi, correct view comes in. And only when that correct view comes in, you will see all things as dukkha suffering. And when you see that all things are dukkha suffering, only then your attachment towards those things drop. If not, your attachment towards these pleasant, pleasurable things, you cannot drop. Even with unpleasant, such as anger, things like that, even though we say we hate it, we are somehow attached to it because you can't let go of that anger. You can't forgive a person. Okay? You can't overlook somebody else's error and mistake. In a way, we are attached to negative things as well, unpleasant things as well, and neutral things. We are not even aware that we are attached, but we always shift and drift and float around in the stream of neutral sensation unknowingly. That is called moha. Moha is delusion or illusion. That's how we are and that is what suffering is. So when we understand that kind of a way, then we understand when Buddha said Five aggregates of clinging is suffering. And what are the five aggregates of clinging? First of all is the bodily aggregates or 
aggregates of matter. These arises and passed away, arises and passed away, constantly, instantly. We even mention the Buddha has the capability to see how fast they arise and passed away. More than a billion of a second, that is the time span of a material, lifespan of a material. In other words, just to put in general, in one second, one billion material or matter arises and pass away already. When it is passing away like with that rate, we can't see, we can't feel, so we think it is the same thing. That's how the identity of permanency arises. We don't see it. And as we all know, the mental, the mental states arises and passed away faster than the material property. According to the Buddha, 17 times faster. If there is a one material arise and pass away, during that same period, 17 mental states arises and pass away. So that's why the first aggregate is aggregate of matters or bodily aggregates is suffering. They are constantly arising and pass away. And secondly, what is the aggregates? Is called with the net kanda. With the net kanda is aggregates of feelings and sensations. Aggregates of feeling and sensation. And in there too, what is happening? Why does the Buddha say these aggregates are clinging? Here it is. We already have mentioned, discussed, whenever pleasant feeling come in, you cling to it. Even the unpleasant feeling come in, say so are so adverse to your psyche, you can't let go, you cling to it. Unpleasant, uh, neutral sensation, you don't even know that you are clinging to it. On the bodily aggregate, when you see a beautiful form, cling to it. When you see an ugly form, you cling to the idea of you don't want to see it. The same thing with sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. These have the power to make you cling, to make you attach, to make you crave for it. So the third group of clinging is sanyakanda, okay, aggregates of perception. And perception is the way you remember, the way you recognize, and the way you put into your memory bank. Again, likes and dislike, likes and dislike. And how do you remember or cognize these like and dislike? By the marks that you make. They arises and passed away. And we always cling on to and fight for our own perception. The way I see it is right. The way you see it is wrong. There you go. That's number three. And number four is Sankarakanda. Okay. So aggregates of 
mental formation, aggregates of mental formation, just in a very loose term, all your emotions, good emotions, bad emotions, positive mental state, negative mental state, all together, 50 of them, you cling onto it. You cling on to your joy, you cling on to your happiness, you cling on to your excitement, and also you can't let go of your anger, you can't let go of wanting to revenge or wanting to square it off or wanting to make it fair and just. Under the name of fair, just and righteousness we fight. All produce suffering. Now we understand why the Sankarat Kanda mental formations are suffering. Simply these things happen and simply they arises and pass away, arises and pass away. And finally, Vinyanakanda, aggregates of consciousness. Aggregates of consciousness. These aggregate of consciousness. We already started with that. The material or matter arises and passes away more than a billion of seconds. And these consciousness arises and pass away more than the 17 billion of a second. That much, that speed, they arises and pass away. They arises and pass away. They cognize the material, they cognize the material, but that is that kind of a speed we can't comprehend. For us, when we look into that space of time, like eternal, nothing changes. That's why it is difficult for us to accept it. That's why we think everything is permanent, everything is constant, everything is forcible, entrenchable, controllable. This is the idea, the concept we arrived. Because of the illusion of permanency. That's why we hold on. We identify with I, me, self, a soul, a being, an individual, a person. We consolidate and identify with it. But simply these are all concepts. But through our own experience, we cannot say that is arising and pass away. Every day, every second, we are always trying to control the way we want. And as soon as a sense of controls come in, that is a sense of I, that's a sense of ego. But simply, it is the concept that we built for ourselves based on the way we like it. But when you practice Satipatthana Vipassana, you come to understand everything is arising and passing away, arising and passing away. All the joys and happiness and pleasures and sense pleasure that we hold so dearly arises and pass away. Not from a book, not from a lecture, but through your own meditative experience. Only then you will come to accept 
everything in the universe is, arising and passing away. That's why everything in the universe is dukkha, suffering. That's the way we would understand and we would accept. So, this statement, the five aggregates of clinging is suffering, is not very obvious. On an intellectual level, you can say it's a philosophical understanding of dukkha, philosophical understanding of suffering. And to convert that philosophical into the actual understanding can be done only through direct experience. There is no thought process, there is no reflectiveness, there is no philosophy, there is no thinking or deep thinking can make you understand that. Only the experiential understanding can make you understand that is dukkha, that is suffering. So, the first noble truth, dukkha sesa, the noble truth of suffering, that's why the Buddha said, must be thoroughly understood intellectually as well as experientially, must be thoroughly understood. Without understanding that is dukkha, without understanding all the pleasure that we hold so dearly in our life is dukkha, we would never surrender those things. We would never give up those things. On the contrary, we'll fight for it. We'll try our best to hold onto those things. That is the noble truth of suffering. And this, when suffering come in, you will notice the first parts of what Buddha said suffering is. Birth is suffering, decay or old age is suffering, and death is suffering. He put it that way. Why does he put it that way, just at the opening line? We have already approached one point of view to explain that. And today we'll approach it in a different way. Okay. Of course, all these happen when Buddha, before he became a Buddha, he was a prince. Prince Siddhartha Gautama, his name is Siddhartha, is the first name, Gautama is the last name. Siddhartha Gautama. His father wants him to become an emperor. Of course, in the olden days, especially rich and wealthy and powerful, they can afford the greatest fortune tellers. Okay, I again put loosely. And seven great fortune tellers came and uh, when his son was born. And they predict, seven of them predicted, he will become a emperor of the world or he will become a Buddha. And one person, only one person said, no, he will become a Buddha. But regardless, as soon as the father heard about it, he wants, 
He wanted his son to become an emperor. So he tried to keep everything, everything, every sound, every sight, every smell, away from his son so that he would become more with this, what we call pleasurable life, and renounce the world and become a ascetic or a hermit. So he tried. He keeps totally away from these things as much as wealth and power could allow him. So the prince was totally ignorant about all this suffering, the obvious suffering. But one day on his way to a garden, he saw a, first of all, a, an old man bending over, hunching over, walking one step at a time with a stick. And he saw there are people with disease and sickness. And he saw a corpse, a dead person. And he also saw a hermit. And of course, each time he has to ask, because he wasn't quite aware of it. He has to ask, what is this? What is this? What is this? And the hermit, oh, he's trying to find peace, okay? So that it will be away from all the suffering, which is old age, sickness, and death. And especially as his whole life was being sheltered from these kind of negative sights and sounds and smell, it has a stronger and higher impact on him and he contemplates. And he doesn't want to get old, he doesn't want to get sick, he doesn't want to die. That's enormous desire come in. So his first thing is, I want to escape from death. I want to escape from only sickness and death. That is his attitude. And for that, I have to renounce everything and go as an ascetic, as a hermit to find. And he left. So the objective is to escape from the suffering of old age, sickness, and death. And he went. And eventually he found it. He found a way not to die. He found a way not to get old. He found a way not to get sick. He found that way and he turned around and he taught to the human race for 45 years and that nowadays we call it Buddhism. But there is no God, nothing but a prince who discovered this method not to die, not to get old and not to get sick. That's Buddhism, to escape from the suffering of old age, sickness and death. So in a very superficial level, that's where it all starts and that's how it happened. And he actually, so to speak, in one word, he conquered death. The Buddha conquered death. Now, one needs to understand what it really means by conquering death. You have to know, when the Buddha taught us, he said, birth is death. Old age, sickness, and diseases. Oh, birth is suffering, old age, sickness, and diseases, suffering, death is suffering. He started with the birth. Why he started with the birth is death. You will not die if you are not born. 
you will only die if you are born. You will not grow old, you will not have decayed sickness if you are not born. So the birth is the base, the foundation of old age sickness and death. That's why he put it in that order. So when he said he conquered death and old age and disease, some people, if you don't look at quite deeply, think that, oh, I will never die, I'm immortal, I'm indestructible. My form will never change, I will always look the same thing. Most of the people perceive that way, conquering sickness and death. But if you look at it deeply, the Buddhist teaching, death exists because of the birth. Old age, decay exists because of the birth. So if you want to conquer old age sickness and death, you must not be born. That's how Buddha approached of conquering old age and death. That you must not be born because birth is the seed, the foundation, or in other words, birth is the arising and the remaining are the passing away. All things arises and passed away. If it doesn't arise, there's no passing away. If you are not born, you will not die. That way one must understand the Buddha has conquered death. Or this is the way Buddha show us how to conquer suffering, old age, sickness and death. One must not be born. Okay. Of course, birth is the, the seed of all these suffering. Birth itself is suffering. Suffering causes suffering. Escalating. So if you don't want to be born, now you have to find a reason. Okay, what is birth? But is suffering, but is the seat of suffering, but is the seat of all its sickness and death. So we have to eliminate the origin. We have to eliminate the cause. The cause is birth. Now if you want to eliminate the cause, the birth, we have to find what is the cause of that birth. You have to put birth as an effect result. What causes this birth? Of course, in one word, samudhiya sisa, craving is the cause. Becoming is the effect. Craving is the cause. Birth is the effect. That craving is the second noble truth which we will deal later in details. So in here, that's why Buddha started his sermon with birth is suffering, decay or old age is suffering, death is suffering. These are all in the physical and the mental state is Sorrow, lamentation, pain, and grief is suffering. 
and then and so on and so on altogether seven different groups the Buddha put it that's why he put it one in an obvious way but one thing is he want us to understand that these suffering are caused by birth the origin and if you don't if you do not reborn if have no birth if there's no becoming there will be no old age sickness and death so we have to tackle not to be reborn not to be reborn what is the cause of this birth or becoming you have to tackle or attack the cause eliminate the cause if you can eliminate the cause then there will be no birth there will be no becoming when there is no becoming there is no old age sickness and death that is the approach and that's why Buddha put it right on set he taught us in many ways a layman could understand and practice and get attainment intellectual can practice and then get an attainment because you cannot talk the layman examples and scenarios and program to the intellectual because they think it's very boring a child so the Buddha has to taught different people in a different way based on the mental capacity but as long as you have an average level of intelligence you can achieve attainment or enlightenment so that is the noble suit of suffering we are talking it for about three weeks now about this the first noble truth so let's see it in a very clear-cut time okay without expanding too much and what is suffering what is dukkha okay what is suffering one is dukkha is anything anything associated with affliction affliction anything that produces affliction is dukkha or suffering in one word what is suffering affliction is suffering very precise very correct right on the button you can pick it up anything and see whether there's any affliction if there's affliction that is dukkha that is suffering and what does dukkha do what does dukkha do dukkha or suffering its job is to burn to burn people to burn living beings okay all these noble truths apply directly to the world of living beings not to the physical world not the planet not the sun not the star but to living beings so what is dukkha affliction is dukkha and what does this dukkha do 
the dukkha burns a living being. That's it, simply. So we can understand very clearly when something got burned, what kind of consequences can you see, can you feel, can you sense. That's it. Affliction is suffering. Suffering burns a living being. But how does suffering show up to the universe? How can we see in its manifested form? Okay, affection. Okay, we can really, oh, we understand, but we cannot really pinpoint and poke and touch. Burning, we can't pinpoint, poke and touch, but still we understand. So suffering has to manifest itself into this the world of living beings that we can really poke and touch and understand. In other words, how does suffering manifest? It manifests as becoming. In other words, it manifests as birth. That is the precise word of the Buddha regarded to regard to the word dukkha. Affliction is suffering. It burn you and it manifests into the world of beings as becoming, in other words, birth, the beginning. As long as there's the birth, as long as there's the beginning, as long as there's the becoming, there will be suffering. So the birth is the manifestation of suffering. And if you understand that way, you don't have to think too much. If you understand that deeply, you can steer away from suffering. The Buddha's taught in such a way in Abhidharma, Affliction, burning, and becoming as the way to know, understand, and correlate. Abhidharma is a, a part of the teaching where Buddha taught everything on an impersonal basis. So that will be fairly sufficient to understand what is the first noble truth of suffering, the first noble truth of the four noble truth, which is the noble truth of suffering, dukkha sesa. May all of you be able to thoroughly understand, both theoretically and experientially, the true nature of dukkha suffering. And may you be able to, wanting to release yourself from the bondage of suffering as soon as possible. Sadhu, 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 Buddham Bhujami, Buddham Bhujami, Sangam Bhujami,